Hey guys, welcome to My Evangel Online, a safe place to explore faith. Well, in today's video, we're starting a new series as we jump into 2021 together, and it's called Eyes Wide Open. And so we're really excited to hear Pastor Lisa share this morning. But before we do that, we're gonna talk about our New Year's intentions. Yes, so are. stay tuned for that. Been. It's been good. good. I feel like it's been a fast first week. Um, yes. I turned a year older. Yes, happy um, so belated birthday, Pastor. I don't know if that's like a. I'm, I'm ready for 26. I feel yeah. like 26 is going to be a good year. Is a good year. 25, I had like a little bit of a crisis, um, just because I was like, people, everybody was like, you're halfway to 50, um, which a is a new 40. Quarter of a century. True. Yeah. Um, so I feel like 26, I'm like over the hump. I'm, I'm ready to ready to jump in. Yes. So tell us, how has your first week of 2021 been? Um, I'm like feeling pretty positive and hopeful about this year so far. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. But you know, the big question around New Year's is, did you set any resolutions or intentions yeah. for this year? I just like am a natural like... Yeah. Um, intention setter or goal setter. Because you're an um, improver and you always want to improve you. Yeah, and so I yeah. feel like I just am kind of like lost if I don't if I don't do that. And so I I do I have some. What about okay, you? I do. I I have. Okay, I've split them up. Uh, Michael Hyatt says you should not try and do all your goals at once. Okay. You should only have two or three active goals at a time. Otherwise, it's not attainable. I should probably. Um, <laughs> narrow down my list then because <laughs> I think so, I have three sections. I do so. have a lot, but I have one big one that I'm doing right now. And what's that? It is that over Christmas I got a hatch. Hmm. And so it's this like sleep machine with color and sound and you can like do these wind downs and wind nice. ups. So every morning and evening I put my phone now in my kitchen. It's no okay. longer my alarm clock and I have a full tech free evening and morning wow. and this is only week one and? um so good nice. so good my evenings and my mornings are calm and peaceful and uh not distracted by all the, the things and yes all yeah. the things because i've done that too last year where i started putting my phone in my living room and it was like i couldn't believe how much time i would spend yes. like right as i woke up just scrolling through nothingness it didn't matter um that's good that's yeah good intention. and like i'm that. starting going through the minor prophets, which is a weird cool. way to start your year Why not? devotionally. But you know what? Who reads the minor prophets a lot? It's true. So, yeah, it's yeah. good. Um, so I clearly didn't read Michael Hyatt's goal That's setting okay. strategy. You don't have to. Um, so I have um, personal, I have professional and creative goals. Okay. So I like separated them into those ones. So one of my big ones this year is to phone what I'm calling like my five, which are people that are, um, like additional to my family, because right. I talk with my family quite often, but uh, phone them once a month at least. Okay. Just have a, like whether that's a FaceTime or an actual phone call yeah. or something like that, just to connect with them once a month. Um, and then I'm trying to read through the Bible chronologically. Nice. I've never done that before. And so I also have started that yeah. this year. And so went through a couple in Genesis, now I'm in Job. And so we're gonna move back and forth together. Awesome. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to do that. I've never done it that way before. Yeah, so. that's awesome. 
And if you get a phone call from Marcus once a month, you'll know you're one of his five. <laughs> That's an exciting thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, we would love to hear what some of your intentions are for 2021 as well, because I'm sure that some of us have made um, some of those goals as yeah. well. And so if you guys have some, please feel free to share them with us. We'd love to kind of hear some of the things you're uh, hoping for in this year and to just join with you in kind of cheerleading you on in, in those goals or in those intentions. Awesome. Well, Pastor Marcus is going to scoot and we're going to dive into the Bible together. So make sure that you have it with us. Um, if you want to take notes, grab a notebook and a pen and make right sure that you have somebody that is there in the chat so that we can have a conversation about this together. Yeah, sounds good. I'm going to pass it over to you. Okay. Well, thanks so much for sticking with us. Have you ever had that moment where you're looking for something and it seems to kind of have vanished? Maybe that is mustard in the fridge. And it doesn't matter how much you change the level of your squad. It just isn't there until someone inevitably walks along and spots it in seconds. And it can be so frustrating, can't it? Well, as much as that happens with our physical things where we're looking for something and we just can't seem to find it, even though it's right in front of us, it also happens with spiritual things. When we're looking so hard for God or we're just trying to see proof that he is active and at work in our day-to-day -day lives and in the lives of the people around us and no matter how hard we look, no matter how much we change our perspective, it just seems like he has vanished, that we can't find him. Well, we wanted to take the first few weeks of this year to do a new series called Eyes Wide Open. And our hope is that we would all be encouraged to look for God and to see him, not because of anything that we do, not because as we squatted a little bit lower, we were able to see him, but as we're going to just dive into today, because we surrender and allow him to open our eyes. Because here's what I know. I know that when I get a glimpse of God at work, when I see him face to face, it changes how I view everything else. It gives me perseverance. It gives me hope. It gives me anticipation. It helps me to know that I'm not alone. It reminds me that I have a God who is for me. And not only is he for me, but he knows me and he loves me, even despite knowing all of my inner workings. And so this morning, I pray that as we dig deep into the word of God, that you too would know that you have a God who is for you, a God who knows you and wants to be known by you, and a God who wants to open your eyes so that you can see him and you can see him at work in your life and allow that to birth hope and joy and perspective as we enter a new year. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter one, and we're gonna camp out here this morning. And yes, the verses are gonna be up on the screen, but it's so important to know how to find things in your own Bible so that you can return to them later. And this is a great passage of scripture to put a bookmark in um, or to underline, highlight, whatever you do. So I wanna tell you how to find it this morning. So 
If you go almost to the back of your Bible, you're gonna find the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and there's a whole section of books that end in I-A-N-S, and Ephesians is the fourth of them. So if you go past the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you'll get to Acts and then Romans, and if you keep scrolling, you're gonna pass first and second Corinthians and then Galatians, again, all ending in that I-A-N-S, and you'll get to Ephesians. And if you've gone past those books, then just flip to your left until you find one and you'll get there. But if you don't have a paper Bible and you would like one, just head over to myevangel.church forward slash Bible. Honestly, it'd be our joy to get you a Bible. And if you would rather have a Bible on your phone or tablet, there are links to the app store right there as well. So Ephesians chapter one, starting at verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all his people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelations so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that can be invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills everything in every way. Let's pray. So God, I thank you so much that you are the head of all things, that all power and authority is yours. Would you help us to see you, not just with our physical eyes, but with our spiritual eyes, with the eyes of our heart, that we would be able to cling to this hope and this truth that it would allow us to walk into a new year free of fear and doubt, but with an assuredness that you are the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so would you help us in these next few moments just to surrender to you, to allow you to speak. And so would you just take my words, those that are birth of, of my own thought, and would you just allow them just to float away would you remove them from my mind? Just strike them in my heart. Would your words, Lord, would they go forth? Because we know that you have the power to change. You have the power to separate bone from marrow. And so would you go forth in power this morning? In your precious name, amen. Eyes wide open. There are a couple of moments in the Bible that we want to share with you over these coming weeks that just highlight um, how people in the Bible were able to see things clearly when they were able to look without their physical eyes. They were able to look with the eyes of their heart. But this morning, I just wanted to set um, it up here with this passage from Ephesians 
that reminds us that, yeah, we have physical eyes that see physical things, but we need to be looking with a different set of eyes. What are you looking with? What are you looking with? Because there are things that are just not visible when we look with the eyes in our head. And that's why I love this reminder here in Ephesians. Verses 17 to 18 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. What are you looking with? What are you using to see those things that may feel hidden? God himself and the working of his spirit around us. I'm a mom and that means that I have a great superpower um, and that is that I have a pretty good grasp of where all the things are in our house at all the times. I'm pretty sure that when we are in the delivery room, they inject us with something that allows us to decipher, number one, um, if silence is really golden or if silence is trouble. That's a superpower moms have. And the second superpower is that there must be something in that injection that allows lost sneakers or socks to give off a frequency so that we know that they're underneath the couch, right? I don't know how, we just can find things. But there's a flip side to that, this downfall of this superpower, and that is that my brain is often so full of keeping track of where everyone else's things are that I find myself lost trying to find my own things. Like using my phone as a flashlight to find my phone or trying to find my sunglasses when they're perched as a headband on top of my head. Have you been there? And it takes the rolling eyes of my teenagers or the laugh of my husband to bring me out of this like funnel vision that I'm in to see what has always been right in front of me, what has always been so obvious. You see, there's something that happens when we're just so focused on one possibility or one problem or on one perspective. And rather than helping us to see clearly, oftentimes it limits our gaze. Oftentimes it clouds our vision and we can't really see things that are right in front of us. It's a case of not seeing the forest through the trees. And the reality of this life is that there's more at play here than what our physical eyes can see, than what our physical hands can touch, than what our physical reality is. And if we don't have our spiritual eyes open, we're going to miss it. So allow me to highlight two phrases from this prayer in Ephesians 1 for this specific purpose. Paul writes that God may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then a little bit further on, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And I think that this prayer of Paul's is just so beautiful. Because first and foremost, in this first line, that God may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's an invitation to ask God himself to open our eyes. 
Now there's a few different ways that we can translate um, pneuma or this word spirit. There's the breath of God where he just literally breathes life into it. And, and while that still has this uh, God creation moment where it's everything, the spirit of wisdom and revelation is birthed from God, this specific um, linking of different Greek words tells us that the spirit of wisdom and revelation isn't a wisdom and revelation that comes when God breathes it into us, but this wisdom and revelation is a person. This is the Holy Spirit. And Paul is inviting us to get face to face, to get up close and personal with God himself. That this is not a wisdom and revelation that we can find on our own. It doesn't matter how much you change uh, your squad or your perspective. You're not going to find the mustard without that other person coming through and saying it's right there. This is a wisdom and revelation that can only come when God himself whispers to our spirit. When God himself illuminates and reveals himself. When God himself opens the eyes of our heart. And so he continues, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And obviously this isn't our literal heart. The word in the Greek is cardia. And rather than heart, it's, it's also meant to encapsulate the center of a person. This is where all of your feelings and your emotions and your logic and your rationale and, and your spirit all dwell, the very, very center or core of who you are. And Paul is praying that we would allow the Holy Spirit permission, not just to affect the physical or the outward of our lives, but that we would give him permission to come to the very center, the very core of who we are and say, have your way. Have your way. Open the eyes of my heart. Enlighten me to see you, to be revealed, the knowledge of you to be revealed, that I would be able to come face to face with you, that I would be able to see the nuance and the, the way that the power of God is on display in the world around us. Because only he can allow us to see what would otherwise remain hidden. And there's both a freedom and a challenge in that, right? There's freedom in the fact that, you know, we don't have to keep trying to find the mustard. We don't have to keep wondering what we're missing. We don't have to keep searching as ones who are hopeless to find it. There's a freedom in knowing if I can't find what I'm looking for, there's not anything wrong with me that I am not somehow defective or unable to know God. There's a freedom in the re realization that I can't open my own eyes of my heart, but only God himself can open them. But that's also the challenge. I can't open the eyes of my heart, only God can open them. And so there's a challenge and a plea to lean into him, a plea to surrender to him. In 2 Corinthians, which is just uh, two, chap or two books to the left, in chapter 3, verse 16, it's written, But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken 
away. The veil that would cover the face, the veil that, that would hinder us from seeing God's glory as Moses had to do. Whenever anyone turns to the Lord because of Jesus, the veil is taken away. We can see clearly. And if I want to see with the eyes of my heart, then I have to allow God to do the work of opening them. Now the part of me that understands that there's more to this world, more to this life than what I can see, at the part of me that understands that that I made for more, that there's something that's missing without him, at that part of me, I can't do it. I have to invite God in. What have you been looking with? Do you find yourself drifting towards the things that you can see and control that your physical eyes, your physical hands, your physical being can encounter? looking at the things that are easy to see while you're desperate to see the ways that our God is at work. If so, I want to urge you, lean into the presence of God because we have a God who desires to be found. We have a God who's promised his spirit to us to open the eyes of our heart and when we allow God to have access to this very center of us, this cardia of who we are, I promise you, this is not something that you're going to have to be hesitant on. This is not something that you have to be fearful of. This surrender is full of peace and grace. Just as God is faithful to keep his promise to open them, I also know that God is kind and he's compassionate and he's gentle. And so with him, surrender is not a scary word. I promise that God is not going to find anything at the center of your heart, in your cardia, that would have him turning away from you. He's not going to find a bigger mess there than he can handle. He's not going to um, find something that makes him go, oh, that person's too far gone. There's not even a point to open up the eyes of his or her heart. He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to throw in the towel. But lovingly, he opens the eyes of our heart, which shifts our perspective to hope. It shifts our perspective to see him face to face. And when we come face to face with Jesus, everything changes. Have you ever tried to get the attention of a child who doesn't want to look at you? <laughs> I have many times. It's a really fun game to play, um, especially in airplanes. And it kind of goes something like this. Right? They desperately want to look at you, but as soon as you're looking back, they hide. They avert their gaze. They turn away. I find that I often do the same thing with Jesus. Do you? <laughs> Where I'm so desperate to see him. And then somehow in my foolish childlike mind, as soon as he's looking back at me, I just want to avert my gaze. Maybe what he's asking me to do just feels too much or 
when I look at his perfection in all of my brokenness, that's just uncomfortable and I'm just not willing yet to allow him to heal those parts, whatever the reason is, I can find myself like that child, so desperate to look at that person, but not wanting them to look back at me. And maybe I have eyes wide open, but I'm not quite ready to look for him yet. And so Paul continues with this prayer. Not just that our eyes would be open, but that our eyes would be fixed on that which is worthwhile to behold. In verses 18 and 19, he writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that. I pray that they'd be open so that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Did you catch that? God doesn't just open our eyes for the sake of opening our eyes so that we can like somehow feel superior that we have spiritually open eyes. He's got an intention behind it. He opens our eyes so that when we see him, we can see the hope that we have. So we can see the inheritance that we have as sons and daughters of the most high God. So we can see the power of God on display here and now and not miss it because it's hidden behind our spiritual eyes. When I have eyes to see and when I choose to fix them on Jesus, I see him. And when I see him, that's where hope lives, that I have a God who knows my name. I have a God who has extended an invitation into a relationship with him. Not just that I would follow rules and regulations and orders, but that I could actually be friends with God, to know him and to be known by him. And that in that joy, and in that hope and in that life that we find in that relationship with God, that hope that uh, he has called me to, that I would take that and I would share it with the people around me, that I would extend that same invitation to them. The hope that can only be revealed through the Holy Spirit opening the eyes that I need to see Jesus. Hope that can only be revealed as that same Spirit draws me to God, as he draws me to the work of Jesus on the cross, as he willingly laid down his life for mine, as he willingly chose to trade all of his perfection for all of my brokenness, as he willingly chose to take on the consequences for my wrong decisions, as he chose to take on the consequences for my failings, he chose to take on the consequences for my foolishness, my mistakes, and my brokenness, all the things that the Bible would call sin. And he chose to do that. He chose to die on that cross. But the hope can only be revealed as the Holy Spirit draws me even further into this story, to the hope of Easter morning, when Jesus didn't just die, but he came back to life. And in that moment, he conquered even death to break the chains off of you and me. I see this hope that I have in him. I see 
this God who has conquered sin and death. And so I can know no matter what happens in this life that there's a victory coming because Jesus is victorious. And he's promised us that this life is not the end, but there's a day when he is coming back as our conqueror. He's coming back as the victorious king. He's coming back to set all things right. And we have the hope of an eternity with him, an eternity of perfect peace and perfect hope and perfect joy and perfect life. But friends, we don't just have to wait for that one day. That's one of the wonderful things in this prayer, that we would know the hope to which he's called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance that we get to receive, we also get to see him here and now, the incomparably great power of God for those who believe. I get to see the hope now. I get to see this God who is for me now. I get to see him working on behalf of the people who love him now. He has authority over all things now. Not just the someday that's coming, right now, today, in your story, right here and right now. Our God is powerful enough to change all of your circumstances. And he's powerful enough to quiet the storm in your soul. And he's powerful enough to birth hope into hopelessness and life into death and light into darkness. He has the authority over all things now. And so with eyes wide open, because God in his grace sent the Holy Spirit to be with us now to draw us to Jesus now. I'm able to see things clearly, not just the physical things that I can feel and touch and control, but the more I see Jesus at work, I see his heart for us, I see his love for humanity, and that allows me to press on, to press through, to persevere, to this goal of a relationship with God and a relationship with others, loving both well. What are you looking at your life with? And where is your gaze focused? I know for me, I can quickly discern the answers to these questions by just doing a quick inventory of my emotions. It's pretty quick. <laughs> I, I can tell pretty fast when I'm feeling discouraged and hopeless, and when I'm cycling that vortex of despondency, I know I'm probably not looking at life with spiritual eyes, the eyes of my cardia, my heart. I'm probably just looking at the things that I can control and touch. And I'm pretty sure in those moments that my gaze isn't fixed on Jesus on the reality of who he is, asking him in all of his might and authority and power and graciousness and compassion and kindness to intervene in my story. So when I feel that weight of all of the things that I somehow feel like are mine to control, are mine to fix, are mine to hold, 
That's when I need <laughs> to wave the flag of surrender, to invite the Holy Spirit to go deep into the center of who I am and draw me to Jesus. See, we have a hero who fights for us. And we often feel like we're the hero fighting for us. But we're not. <laughs> and we'll fail. But the hero who fights for us doesn't require me to solve all the problems or have all the answers. He just asks me to be still and to wait to allow him to fight on my behalf. When I surrender, that's when I see. When I surrender, that's when hope is birthed. When I surrender is when I thrive. This morning, I don't know what your story is. I don't know if you just happened upon this video by mistake or, or someone invited you to online church with them in this weird year. But if you don't know Jesus, can I promise you that you have a God who knows you? He knows everything about you and he loves you so much. And there's nothing that you could ever have done. There's nothing you ever could do that would change that. You have a God who knows your name and is inviting you into a relationship with him, not just to follow all of the rules and regulations of what you might have heard a good Christian should be, but is wanting to have a friendship with you. And so this morning, if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't become friends with God, if you haven't, as we were talking about before, traded your brokenness for his wholeness, if you haven't acknowledged the cross and said, God, I recognize that you died willingly, willingly to conquer sin and death, then I want to invite you this morning if you're feeling that tug of the Holy Spirit, opening your eyes to see Jesus, I want to invite you to surrender. And again, that doesn't have to be a scary word because God loves you more and with a perfect love that you could never find anywhere else. And he has your best in mind and at heart. And surrendering to him allows us to find who we were created to be. Because we can't find it if we don't see him. And it's really, really easy. The first thing that we just do is that we admit and we acknowledge just what I said, that we are people who fail and make mistakes and are broken, but we have a God who is perfect, who died on the cross and who was raised again. And we believe that and then we just ask him, to trade, to wipe our slate clean, to forgive us. We ask him to be our friend. We invite him into our cardia, that center place in us. We would have a relationship with him. And so at the end, I just have a moment and we're gonna pray. And if you don't know Jesus, I wanna give you a moment to mull this over. But then would you pray with me? Would you surrender 
Would you make the very brave choice of allowing God to have access to the very core of who you are and saying yes to a relationship with him? Well, before we pray, I just wanna leave all of you with a Bible verse. It's one of my absolute favorites. And we read 2 Corinthians 3, 16 a moment ago, and this is just two verses later in 2 Corinthians 3, 18. It says, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. When I see God face to face, when I get a glimpse of him at work, it allows me to persevere in hope. Because when I see Jesus face to face, everything changes and I can't help but be changed to look more and more like him when I spend time more and more with him. And I have a God who is for me and you have a God who is for you, who's active in your life story and who knows what the best way forward is. And so friends, as we enter this 2021 year, let's do so first in surrender. Asking God once again just to come to the very center of who we are. If you've known God, ask him to eliminate those places that you've put up walls. Invite him to just take over all of it so we would have eyes to see him. We would have a hope that he is active over all things now. So let's pray. If you are ready to make that decision to choose Jesus, you feel that drawing of the Holy Spirit drawing you to Jesus, would you pray with me now? God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you loved me. You loved me before I was born. You knew me on the cross. You knew all of my failings and all of my mistakes, and you willingly went through torture and death to pay for that which should have been mine to pay for. I thank you that you didn't just die, that you rose again, so that you could conquer not just sin, but death. And I believe that what you say is true, that you are coming back victorious and that there is an inheritance for those who believe in you and eternity with you. But I want a relationship with you now. And as you wash me clean, as you forgive me, would you help me to see you and hear you so that I could have a relationship with Almighty God as friends, face to face. Thank you for welcoming me into that with open arms. I surrender and give you access to my life now. Amen. So God, we thank you that you are all-knowing and you are so gracious. <laughs> And no matter how many times we continue to avert our gaze, you are so gentle and so patient with us. So we give you access 
we surrender once again as we enter a new year. That we would not look around blindly, we wouldn't look around distracted with gazes that can't see you. That we would invite you to open our eyes to see how you are changing everything. And we ask that this year you would change us. That we would walk out of December 31st looking more like you, ever transformed into your image, in your precious name. Amen. Well, thanks, friends. I'm so glad that you were here with us today. At this moment, as we're filming this video, we are still under the current provincial health orders. And we don't know if they are being extended or not yet. And so please watch on our social media feeds and we are gonna be letting you know of plans as we are able to execute them going forward. But we do hope that you will join us in community in all of the ways that we can as often as we can, including right here in the chat. We also wanna thank you for your faithfulness financially over 2020. What a gift it has been to come every month when we do our big budget checks and our board meetings and just marvel at the faithfulness of God through the faithfulness of people. And so if you are with us and what we're doing here is adding value to your faith journey, would you consider partnering with us? You can do that right here. If you're on Facebook, there's a give button. You can come into the office Monday through Thursday from nine to five, or on Sundays with drive-through generosity from nine to 12. Um, and then you can also give online at myevangel.church forward slash give. And I just wanna thank you so much right now for your faithfulness. Honestly, every penny helps and it helps us to be able to be a blessing to Powell River and to our church family as well. So thank you so much. May God bless and may your eyes be open to see him this week. Thank you.